long have you been dead? The year was 1910. My business was desire. Let me introduce you to Mr. Lestat de Leoncourt. I love who you are, sir. We're destined to be very good friends. I'm assuming you only met at night. It's New Orleans. Days are for sleeping off the previous evening's damage. That's your thing, then? You like to watch? I've been watching you for some time now. I can swap this life of shame. Swap it out for a dark gift. Let the tale seduce you. Just as I was seduced. There was a boy. He was my murderer, my mentor, my lover, and my maker. A very strange and chatty boy. It was as if I could finally receive the secrets of existence. Your eyes. I could search window. I was not yet ready to hunt, but desperate to feed. It's best to let the food come to you. You're not welcome in this hole. This is how it has to be. I don't want to kill people. You're a vampire. I could not save myself. But I could save her. She'll be what? A daughter. We're a family. She is poisoning you against me. You two have each other. Who am I supposed to love? This is not a life! You took my life! Ten thousand nights, a hundred thousand. Ready to begin the adventure of our lives, my companions in immortality. Good evening and welcome to the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. I didn't plan it this way to just start off with these scary stories. Um, that, of course, is interview with the vampire. Which has been updated, but it still is faithful to the Anne Rice tale. So much so that if you remember the 1994 film with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst, um, it left out the fact that Lestat and Louis were lovers. You know, they 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 uh, censored that, and this time around, that has not been censored. Interview with the Vampire is finally how it should be. And it was thrilling to watch. And, you know, there are so many different adaptions of these stories. Um, Let me see. And this one is done through AMC. Starring Jacob Anderson, Sam Reed, and Eric Bojian. So, uh, Jacob Anderson as Louis de Pont de Loc. Sam Reed as Lestat de Lyoncourt. Uh, 
Eric Bojian as Daniel Molly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an interesting um, adaption. So you're going to have seven episodes, and they will go until November 13th. I mean, it's, I at first I thought, okay, what is this? I had heard about it. And you get sucked in, and it is New Orleans, 1910. And it's and it's a different kind of interview with the vampire. Very different, but very faithful to the original novel in such a defining way that you can't help but applaud. And you get, I mean, in more ways than one, you get sucked in. So I wanted to just talk about that briefly. And as the viewer, oh my goodness. Now, <laughs> whenever they do these adaptions, they have to have some really great actors. Ray Don Chong is in it, Jeff Pope, Chris Stack, Rachel Handler, Joe DiMaggio, John DiMaggio. Yeah, they didn't dig up Joe. Uh, Chris, Christian Robinson. <sighs> My goodness. A sensuous contemporary reinvention of Anne Rice's revolutionary gothic novel, Interview with the Vampire, follows Louis de Pont du Lac, Jacob Anderson, who was in Game of Thrones, Lestat de Leoncourt, Sam Reed, and Claudia's. A Bailey Basie epic story of love, blood, and the perils of immortality, as told to the journalist Daniel Molly, uh, played by Eric. Now, I remember him from Succession. Bogosian. Eric Bogosian, chafing at the limitations of life as a black man in the 1910s New Orleans, Louis finds it impossible to resist the rakish Lestat's offer of the ultimate escape. Joining him in a, at as a vampire and his companion. But Louis' intoxicating new powers come with a joint, a violent price. And their introduction of Lestat's newest fledgling, the child vampire Claudia, soon sets them on a decade-long path of revenge and atonement. In the original novel, in the 1994 film, Louis is an owner of plantation in the antebellum south and of African slaves that worked the land, and the homosexual elements of the novel are almost invisible in the film adaption. In the TV series, Anderson portrays him as a closeted Creole black man whose wealth comes from a chain of brothels in Storyville, a now subsed red-light district in the early 20th century New Orleans. This rever oh okay. This reviewer said this reversal adds fascinating depths to Louis and allows interview to grapple with prickly questions of race, sexuality, and history. Writer John Rowland Jones said the changes were made in order to place the story in a time period that was exciting aesthetically as the 18th century was, without digging into plantation story that nobody really wanted to hear. Now, that's true. That's true. So it is. I mean, the first episode is entitled In Theories of Increasing Wonder, directed by Alan Taylor. 
teleplay by Roland Jones premiere today. And then the, if you have the app, the next episode after the Phantoms of Your Former Self is available. Oh, this adaption. I mean, it was... Um, woo! And, you know, everyone loves the original. You know, you got... I mean, think of it. You got Brad Pitt and you've got Tom Cruise. Hmm. But in this instance, you have something different. And... Woo! I I mean I'm I am blown away by this tale. And uh let's visit the interview with its star Jacob Anderson, who is a British actor. He was on Broadchurch and he was on Game of Thrones. Diagnosis you received. Here we go. Hey, why is your clock? This virus has turned the world sideways. I get it. I'm going to die. They're going to die. But not the vampire. The vampire is bored. The human was destroyed. Welcome back. That was a clip from the upcoming AMC show Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire. It's a brand new television adaptation of, of course, I think it's this is your favorite, right? The uh, iconic novel? I love vampire stories. I yeah. absolutely love it. Our next guest here to tell us all about it. You know him from his hit role, Great Worm, in the Emmy Award winning series Game of Thrones. Now, the vampire himself is in the building. Everybody, Jacob <laughs> Anderson is here with us. That's how we greet you being in studio for the first time, but that's how we should greet you. You have not, you love this town, but you haven't been to New York since the pandemic. It's been a while. I haven't been like to be minute. back. I, I love New York. Yeah. New York is like, it reminds me of London. It's kind of, I feel like there's something that feels really uh, like community when everybody's kind of yeah. ignoring each other. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, I feel at home when everybody's very, in very close proximity, but like not looking at each other. We, no suffer, we suffer together, right? <laughs> yeah, love, yeah, that's a great answer. That's yeah, perfectly descriptive of New York, right? So we, we have to ask you about the movie because incredible wardrobe, incredible makeup, mm. the stylists involved are just lights out. Yeah. What was it like for you having that transformation? And I mean, specifically the, the fangs. I, I, need to hear, I need to hear about the fangs. The fangs were amazing. I, like, I didn't ever want to take them out. I was like, this is how you feel like a vampire, right? Oh. So you have fangs. It's so iconic. Um, I actually, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be admitting this on air, but I, I broke a set because I didn't take them out. Like, I just kept them in for the whole day. They're comfortable. Yeah, they kind of are. You get used to it. I would not to... think they're comfortable <laughs> at all. Maybe they're just empowering. Uh, exactly. Wait, exactly. Did, did you go in public, like go to dinner with Melon? Did you go no. around town? <laughs> no, I was, was at work. Okay. I was at work. It was at work, but like, you know, I'd, yeah, I just got a little bit too excited. <laughs> and, um, and so they like snapped at the back. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, the, the costuming is beautiful in the show <laughs> and just got to wear these beautiful suits every day, feeling like a million bucks. Uh. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible. Look, people familiar with the books, and of mm. course the uh, the movie was so popular when it first came out. But this now, this adaptation you all have, I mean, do you take some liberties? Is it how how close and how true does it stay to that original work? I like to think that we don't. It's it's less that we take any liberties. It's just that they're like we. There are things 
in the interpretation that uh, kind of speak to now as well. Um, but we're all huge fans of Anne Rice. We respect her work, we respect her writing, and, and the feelings are all the same. There's like a huge depth of feeling to these characters. And, um, and every day, we, like, we just referred back to the books. We thought about who these characters are at their core. That was the most important thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you because I heard you obviously been a part of several big franchises, <laughs> Game of Thrones, uh, to just <laughs> drop one in the, in the bucket there. Uh, Bond, James Bond. Did you have any interest? I, I heard you you do stunt work. You, you're 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 ready to go. You're British. You got everything working for you. What do you think? I okay. So I feel like with James Bond, just needs a little bit of updating. If they if they were if they were gonna make a few edits. <laughs> then, then, yeah, why not? It would be, be fun. Wait, what edit what would edits? there need to yeah. do for you? Though? I think he could probably treat women better. Oh. oh. I, think, nice. I think he could maybe, like, be a little bit... I was going to... James Bond can't really be a pacifist as such, can he? <laughs> a peacemaker. Yeah. I've got my, like, Louis brain. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Um, yeah. I love you, but you're not going to get that gig. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Like, I'm, I'm way too much of a dork to be James Bond. Oh, I just need no. to be, let's be, be needs, real. Needs to be updated, like you said. Everything yeah. can be updated. I like that. You got some cheers over here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Jacob Anderson, thank you so much for being with us. That's Jacob Anderson on Good Morning America. And here is the making of the series. And that's what Anne Rice has in spades. The year was 1910, New Orleans. I was being hunted, and I was completely unaware it was happening. Please, help me! Rice's vampires are the most human monsters in literature. I'm such a fan of Anne Rice's work, of this world that she created, so I put a lot of pressure on myself to fulfill Lestat's shoes, which are mighty. This is not a life! That's because you took my life! There's one thing I really want to do, which is play a vampire. They go, no, you're not going to be a vampire. They're talking about you being the interviewer. Do over. The action, the period piece, be prepared to be well. <laughs> this is the show that finally says vampires are real. Mr. Dulac, how long have you been dead? <laughs> hey, Mark. We're making this show for AMC based on Van Rice's books, starting, of course, with Interview with the Vampire. I probably read it for the first time about 20 years ago. She satisfies on so many levels. She's just damn exciting to read she's scary as hell but the books all deal with grand themes this show is a confluence of Anne rice and Roland jones which i think is a really happy marriage i was doing an overall with amc and come in and you have like a, a nice meeting with all the executives and on the way out one of them goes and you know we're probably not going to be interested in this so we bought all the Anne rice books and i was like ah, right at the door and then i And so that is the behind the scenes 
of Interview with a Vampire 2022. And I thought tonight, as we end the podcast, um, let's hear from the woman herself who died, um, I believe, a year ago. And um, the the creator, the the woman who did it all to bring Interview with the Vampire to the stories. I wrote stories. the novel, and um, it was about 350 pages long in manuscript, and I thought that I had pulled something together that would be my first published work. I was very um, conscious of the fact that something had happened with this material that had not happened with other things I'd attempted to write. And I felt at that point that I would send it out until I found a publisher, and if I did not find a publisher, I would publish it myself. Well, I started mailing it out, and I had some names, and eventually it went to five different people. I think two were agents and three were editors. And um, it took about nine months. And during that time, it was turned down by, by those people. And uh, I was not deterred. I was not particularly shocked or insulted. I just kept going. One agent sent it back. She said, I don't know what this is. She said, it doesn't seem to be black comedy. It doesn't seem to be tongue-in-cheek. And if it's not those things, I don't know what it is. So obviously, I'm not the agent for it. Um, One of the other uh, uh, people said it doesn't have any plot, story, or characters to make it a hardcover book. But if you publish it as a paperback with a sexy, lurid cover, quite literally this person said this, if you publish it as a paperback with a sexy, lurid cover on the true facts about vampires, it might sell. But I don't want to publish it. So I didn't think too much about that. I just kept on going. Uh, I went to a writer's conference called the Squaw Valley Community of Writers. And while I was there, I met an editor and an agent. And the agent picked it up and said she would handle it. And when she got back to New York, she sent it to the editor who'd been there. And that editor picked it up with tremendous enthusiasm for Alfred A. Knopf. And I got that call on my birthday, about nine months after the novel was finished, and they said, would you believe Alfred A. Knopf has flipped over your novel? They want to offer you an advance of, and it was, for the time, it was a huge advance. It was $12,000. And that was very big in 1974. That was a very big advance. I think first novels generally got five. So we were off and running with that. And... Um, the editor wrote to me, and she said, um, she made some suggestions. She said, we feel it's very, very good. She went on at length about what she liked about it. And then she said, we feel it sort of peters out at the end, that you're kind of tired by the end, and if you could, you know, in essence, if you could work on the ending, you know, we would love for you to do that. So um, I took her letter, and I sat down with it, and what eventually happened was I wrote another 200 pages and completely radically changed the whole thing. Um, In the original draft, the vampires had gone to Paris seeking other vampires. They'd found them, and they lived happily ever after. In the new draft, I created the theater of the vampires. Tragedy befell the child vampire Claudia. I mean, it it was... 200 more pages. I mean, it was... So I sent it back with trepidation, thinking, well, you know, this is not the novel that they signed on to buy. But they were very, very pleased with it. The editor then said, we have to cut it. It's just... And so let's pull away. That's Anne Rice talking about publishing her baby interview with the vampire. And I'm sure that she would be proud today of this adaption. As always, um, unpleasant dreams.